After possible 47 alligators, I'll give her 49 alligators. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. I get so pumped up with this music. Yeah. This is the Fizzle Show, a uh, podcast for a community of creative people working to become self-employed. This is not a get-rich-quick show. Okay, We stand for honesty, creativity, and humans everywhere making cool shit. Your hosts are, if we were pop culture robots, Corbett would be Voltron, defender of an online business and protector of all that is truly good in the internet. Barrett would be Lieutenant Commander Data from Star Trek The Next Generation. Intelligent, precise, and with a smooth baby face. And Chase, that's me. Chase would be Johnny Five from Short Circuit. Quirky, loud, and always contemplating the meaning of his own existence while having the biggest heart around. <laughs> that one comes to us from Amici at BJJTrainingJournal.com. Thanks, Amici. I really like that one. In this episode, we devote the whole show today to answering uh, a great question from a listener. There's a little bit of banter up front, but I think you'll actually find that useful as well. Uh, but no, great, great question uh, about sort of like how do we balance the amount of time we spend creating versus the time we spend promoting those creative things. Um, if you've ever wondered that, you know, how, hey, I made this great thing. I made this thing. I think it's good. I think it's helpful. I think people are out there struggling with this thing. They should, they should find it. I found a solution to a thing. How do I get this in front of people? Uh, how much time should you devote to that? Because it can be quite a time-intensive sort of thing. Big question. And we get into it here and share our, quote, system approach to promotion. And our uh, our current system, we actually give you this long list of, of the things that we do ourselves. I want you to take that, customize it to your own piece of meat. That'll make sense in a little bit. Okay, you can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 79. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. Quick parting around, you guys. Listen, we're going to get into some some stuff today. I want to go into a listener's question. Grant Baldwin has sent us a question. I want to get into that. But uh, first, we're about to release this uh, top 10 mistakes uh, online businesses make. It's a post, Corbett, that you wrote that did really, really well. People really liked it, uh, and I, I think it's just really good because I've made just about all those mistakes. Um, and But the last one in your post originally, number 10, was, you know, what what's missing here? Mm-hmm. And, and it inspired this conversation in the in the comments there. And I'll put that in the show notes, that original post. But we're turning that into like a bigger uh, guide, like a book that we've, we've done a few of these. And... Um, uh, so anyways, I didn't want to have that last one be just like, Hey, what do you think? You know? So I wanted it to actually, right. Be, uh, given, that. So yeah, given that in a guide, it's kind of hard to, although, you know, we, we could do that and have people tweet us or something. It's not a bad engagement strategy. Yeah. Uh, and we could I, have and a number I, 11, we could have a bonus. I, mean, I do have at the, at the end, like a big, uh, a page on just like, did, did you like this at all? Here, here's some links, click the things and it'll automatically do the stuff. Of course you do. Uh, because uh, because engagement, social media, etc. God, because I'm a douchebag. We're gonna talk about that. Engagement, social media, whatever. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, so so what what do you, yeah, bunch, what, what's got, your next one? Well, so we got we got a lot of comments, and I have several of those that we can go over. And of course, people listening to this don't necessarily have uh, the list, the first nine in front of them, so they don't know what those are. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, what, let's just talk about some some of the biggest mistakes people make. If it's already on the list, that's fine. Do this. Um, give it. Give us a couple a couple of them, and 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 we'll talk about which one we think is is more common. One that I thought of, which it might sound obvious, but uh, it's kind of the corollary to um, our mantra of "Don't quit." Our other mantra should be "Just get started." Because how many yeah. people do you know that never get started at all? That just like how many friends do you have who? Sit there for year after year after year talking about yeah. this vague business idea that they have, and they never get started on it. And if they did get started on it, they would probably realize that the business was all wrong, or it's mm-hmm. not right for them for some reason, or their timing was off, or maybe it was a great idea and they should have started five years ago when they first started thinking about it. But yeah. the whole point is, like, 
you can, it's kind of that, that thing we were talking about, the lottery ticket. When you drive by the billboard, you fantasize, and that's really fun, and you get a lot out of that. And so maybe that's all the business idea is to them. They're just going to fantasize about it their whole life, and they get something from that, some entertainment mm-hmm. value. Yeah. But if they just got started, they would be able to answer so many questions in like three months. You know, mm-hmm. and so not starting at all seems like probably the biggest mistake in starting an online business is that most people don't really get started. Yeah, I mean it's such and it's such a cliche bit, you know what I mean? But it it really is exactly how you're laying it down. Like you learn so much in that first three months of doing a thing that you're just like, Oh wait, this isn't actually me at all. I was fantasizing about what this would be like. Like I had just saw the lights and the glimmer or the this, that, and the other of this thing. And this real life, what this looks like, what the work actually is, is not something that I'm interested in anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, so to me, it's going to be really hard to actually to top that one, uh, given whatever else is on this, because ending the guide with that, I would love for someone to be like, I'm interested in starting a business. Oh, look, what are the, what are the common mistakes? If I was smart enough, oh my God, could you imagine if you're smart enough to be like, Okay, I'd love to start my own business. I have this idea. Let's look at what the most common mistakes people make are. That that post is already ranking. They'd find it. They'd get the guide, and then at the very end, they find this bit about like you know, no matter what, you're never going to be able to uh, save yourself from making any mistakes. Right. You just got to jump in and do it with a community of people that can help you. At least have some friends who can who can. Yeah, I don't know. Just keep you sane through the through the mania of this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that's that. That's going to be hard to talk. The, the problem with talking about mistakes is then people get frozen with fear. Like, oh my God, I'm going to make all these mistakes. And this kind of takes the pressure off of that. So yeah. Yeah. that's cool. Um, just, just a quick uh, couple of, or at least one runner up here. Um, another one that a lot of people mentioned in the comments on this post was the following shiny objects syndrome, where, mm. you know, you have an idea, you work on it for a little bit, and then you're like, Oh, what's that over there? Oh my God, so-and-so just released a new system that proves that you can do X, Y, and Z in 90 days or whatever. Mm -hmm. And following this idea of like, oh, there has to be some secret out there, jumping from one idea to the next, one market to the next, one, you know, formula that somebody sells to the next. Yeah, I've seen so many people do that over and over and over again when probably any of the ideas that they had could have worked if they stuck with them for a while. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And But at the same time, though, how many things did I, for me my, for myself personally I had to try a bunch of sh- stuff to to figure this out like I started over there and then that went to that and that turned into that and all of these what's interesting is something I haven't really we haven't really talked much about before but like it seems like when I was starting up these blogs like Father Apprentice or Write to Mean or all these things like five years ago I I never I like I would have dreamt that like what you're doing is you're like hoping that it gets big but you're also not throwing yourself all the way into it mm-hmm. and you know what I mean like when you're young you have a job you're like oh this would be cool but you can't really trust it like you don't really know if this is actually an oper- like a thing it does I didn't take this stuff seriously as a profession until I really needed to yeah and until I had cut my teeth enough to know what the work really is right you know. Yeah, like, and so, may, and so that concept of, of just like building it, bi- building that fizzle out period into, into the business idea, you know, and while it, depending on where you are. Like if you have a kid, it's go time. You don't, you don't have, you don't get to fart around. But if you, uh, it, I, what I mean by that is like things are like, you're kind of, it's intense. You know, when I fart around, like it's like I want to get on the couch and zone out. You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like this could be a whole episode, and I don't know what the right answer is. I, maybe there's some scientific answer, but we have basically two sides of this idea. One side that we talked about last week or the week before is this lottery ticket concept, which is that there's there's no there's nothing you can do to make any one of the lottery tickets more likely to be a winner. Yeah. The only which, thing you can on, do. on that concept, like if you Fizzler didn't watch the video from the last episode. Uh, where uh, Darius, there's this video at, at a conference called XOXO. Darius, this guy talk does this talk on like, hey, how to win the lottery, and it's a, a you just got to see it. If you haven't seen it, go to fizzleshow.co/slash seventy seven, and you'll see it right there. So the you know the basic idea is um, something that James Clear and and you have been talking about as well, Chase. This equal odds rule, which is that you're never going to know um, if the thing that you make is going to take off. Actually, hold on. That was fizzleshow.co slash 78. Sorry, just wanted to collect, just correct myself there. 78, the one right before this. Keep going. You never know if your thing's going to take off. Right, so there's there's nothing you can do to make any individual lottery ticket more likely 
to win. And mm-hmm. you can use a lottery ticket as a metaphor for a business or a creative idea. Um, so the only solution is to buy more lottery tickets, really. Um, assuming that you do everything that you should do to get the word out about this thing. You know, there's some caveats there. But yeah. um, that's one side. But the other side of the equation or the other the other concept is that any idea that you have could probably turn into a viable business if you just worked it long enough and you didn't get distracted and moved on to the next thing. I think the difference is, to me, there's a there's a hustle model where you just grind out enough success to get by, and you can do that with most things, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the lottery ticket model, I think what, what Darius's point was, um, he had a, a few things that took off like wildfire, and there was no correlation between the amount of effort he put in and the yeah. amount of success that he experienced. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we would all love to find that thing where it just takes off for one reason or another. And I think we've all seen that with blog posts or podcast episodes yep. or whatever. Sometimes things yeah. just take off. That's totally, the, that's the dream. It's the dream. It's like, oh, I started writing about being a dad and then, oh, it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I, now I'm like, I'm like, there's this freight train going out of control and I just find myself at the helm of it. And I guess I'm going to, I mean, there's real stories like that. That's the, that's always the dream. And, I, and I think, and I think that's the danger in comparing yourself to others. A lot of times yeah. we assume that someone else is successful because they're smarter, they work harder, um, and so on. And we really discount the factor that luck plays in any business idea. And yeah. so if you find yourself at the helm of something that's taking off quickly, don't get all high and mighty and tell everybody how smart you are. Um, also talk about the fact that you got lucky and you found the right thing at the right time and it took off and there's a lot of things that are not in our control. And so I think yeah. there's there's two ways to go about it, you know? Um, and uh, And maybe the right way is to grind out success with something enough to support yourself and then keep playing those lottery tickets, you know, keep doing side mm. projects and see where they take you. Um, yeah. I would love to see us as a company do that, you know, more little side projects to see where they go. Yeah. Yeah. I think let's, let's not even talk about more mistakes. Let's just plan on making that the last, the last bit. And even, mm. even including these bits. Cause I love, I love what you just said about we discount the factor that luck plays because uh, like Daria, if you haven't seen that talk, just absolutely go watch it. it. It's it's real good. And then another talk that was at XOXO was Jonathan Mann, um, who wrote a song a day for, you know, 2000 plus days. He's like, you know, when my son was born, I wrote a song. When my grandma died, I wrote a song. Uh, he wrote he wrote all these songs. And he, he like he's like, here's my here's what my YouTube traffic looks like. Here's see that There's, I did <laughs> this like, you know, many songs. And there's those 10 spikes there. You know, that's, that's how this works. <laughs> yep. And I think this, this is, uh, what I like about that is I'll also put in the equal odds, uh, post that I wrote, uh, kind of piggybacking on James Clear, who introduced me to this idea in his post, uh, on like the equal odds rule, which says nothing that you make is, is any, in any way more likely to be successful than any other thing that you make. So the point is to make more. Um, and it was originally in, in, in like sort of uh, academic world, like no paper that you make is likely to to have some massive uh, is more likely than any other paper that you write to have some massive impact on on things. Um, and this is something I think that creatives really uh, and that we need we we now today are starting to like every every business talk that I've seen uh, is a kind of about this because there was a time on the internet where you could just show up and it it meant something that you were there. You know, that those days are now over in terms of like in terms of you could look at me. I started a blog 10 years ago and now I'm somewhere with a site that's just been around for forever. And somehow I didn't didn't screw it up and I'm still here. Um, In fact, another XOXO talk was from this guy who was one of the original like one of the very first bloggers. And he just was like, hey, I can just start telling my, my story and sharing what's going on in my life. He just like wrote daily about whatever. And he was. A troubled kid. He he would he would write about his drug experiences. He would write about his sexual experiences. He would tell the stories of every story in his life, and he just did that for forever. And he has this great point. I'll put that in the show notes too. Um, I can't I can't remember his name right now, but I loved that talk. It was one of my favorite at XOXO. And he was he was like, so I took in, from two thousand and six. I in two thousand six I woke up and I had two hundred and fifty thousand daily readers or something like that. Some massive amount. And he said, and over the course of ten years, with a lot of hard work and discipline, I turned that number 
into this number. And it was like 260. <laughs> Just like, you know. Yeah. And he's like, and I'm here to show you exactly how to do the same. Because the, the web just changed. There was 10 websites. Mm-hmm. Of course you're going to be picked up. Like, it's like Yahoo's all, okay, what are we going to link to today? What are the well, top 10 blogs? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, there's only 10 of them. That's easy. Um, and, and so this concept of you have to do, you have to make, you have to, just because you don't know. You do not know what's going to be big. It's something that I'm learning in, it's it's not it's counterintuitive to me, uh, but we've spent enough time doing this stuff, and I've I now had enough experience like trying things that I thought were going to be great, and then seeing and they they don't go anywhere, and the things that I thought was just going to be a fart, uh, just ends up being way bigger of a deal, mm-hmm. right? And you just can't know. That's why you almost have to create this strategy, not of like. I'm going to make this project. Okay, let's plan out the next three projects just so that we don't get hooked on any one of these. Mm-hmm. Be- because keeping yourself live like that can be such a strategy that that protects you from from burnout and my, depression. Yeah, you know? my favorite example of this, the other problem is that you don't know if the idea that you had might have been really great. It's just, for some reason, circumstantially, um, the timing didn't line up or the right person didn't hear about it or whatever and it didn't take yep. off. Um, a really great example is this thing that was on Kickstarter. It was called the Coolest, which is yeah. this cooler that has like, I don't know, a blender built in and a stereo and all kinds of stuff. And um, he did really well. It raised like, I don't know, million plus dollars or something. Mm. And um, it was this big success. Well, about six months prior to that, that same guy had released the exact same idea and it went nowhere. Mm-hmm. So you know, and this is all in that in that uh, Darius video from XOXO. I'll put I'll put all of these in the show notes. There's going to be Darius. There's going to be uh, Justin Hall, who's the guy who shared everything about his life for forever. I think those are the only two. Oh, and Jonathan Mann. <laughs> We're talking a lot about XOXO videos, but keep going. The coolest. Yeah, he had done that six months previously. Exactly. Or whatever. And and so it's not just the idea, you know. And I think a lot of people feel like it's the idea, or a lot of people feel like it's the execution, you know. And those things matter, but there's also this other factor. It's just that, you know, the the muse or the uh, whatever, God's willing, mm-hmm. uh, your thing might become successful or popular. God willing, the quick don't rise, we're going to get ourselves a little bit of a successful Kickstarter today. After possible. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> there's that Josh Rubin guy. First of all, someone, uh, uh, Brian, I think, tweeted me. Because he he wa- listened to that episode of Josh Rubin on Pete Holmes, you look nice today. Mm. And Josh Rubin, he does the the Jeff Bridges, which actually, as I was listening back to it, I was just, it's not as funny as I remember it. But it, and so I hope I didn't ruin it for anybody. But it's an incredible, just they they're just loopy and going nuts. So I started searching for Josh Rubin stuff. Like I got to get more of this guy, and he's got a handful of these these reels on YouTube. I'll put one of them. I'll put my favorite uh, in the show notes of this episode, which you'll be able to find at fizzleshow.co slash 79. And he does, one of his characters that he does is a Cajun film critic. <laughs> it's like, and we drive, come out today. Oh, oh, driving fast car. Yeah. <laughs> you may drive that fast car. Gotta get away. Gotta get away. Got that Ryan Gosling in it. Did a good job. <laughs> After a possible 47 alligators, I'll give her 49 alligators. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And his, no, it's so great. His best thing in this video is his Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's off the charts. He's like, oh, uh, great, great. I can't, I can't do it at all. It's another one of these stressful things for me, like it's Jeff Bridges. But it's so funny. He's calling the Discovery Zone a kid's pizza parlor, like Playhouse, like Chuck E. Cheese, trying to schedule his own birthday party there. <laughs> and it's Philip Seymour Hoffman to a T. Uh, it's a what? What? What better way could there be to remember uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Uh, on that note, <laughs> on that note, Barrett, how's it going over there? Oh yeah, my I, lord, I'm just Barrett. You've been you've been under the weather. How are you feeling right now? We're getting better. We're getting better. What'd you you end up having? Was it uh, Ebola? Yeah, no. Maybe we shouldn't joke about that. We're not joking. It's a a thing. It was not. It was not that. I think I just had a sinus infection and some poison ivy. Oh. The one two punch. Why why do bad things come in pairs? (laughs) 
Yeah, so the great. You had any more to say there, Barrett? Or is that <laughs> nope, nope, that's what I came down with. Feeling better now. Super, super. Okay, well then what we're going to do now is I want to get into uh, Grant's question. Um, I think this is an interesting thing that I can, I can use to talk about my own issues. So here's oh, a question from Grant Baldwin. Greetings, Fizzle Boys. Grant Baldwin here of grantbaldwin.com, host of the podcast, How Did You Get Into That?, uh, which I believe all of you have been a, uh, a delightful guest upon. Hey, got a question for you today. Uh, what's a good balance between creating content and marketing your content? Meaning uh, you hear different people talk about it in different ways. Some people say, you know, spend all your time just creating insanely good content that people will share and click on and subscribe and download and all that stuff. Uh, and spend very little time marketing it. Creating good content will market itself. Other people say, you know, spend 20% of your time creating the content, 80% of your time marketing the content. So uh, what's a good balance there? And how do, you, how do you strike a good chord there of just creating something that's good and useful and shipping it and getting it out there uh, versus obsessing about it and, um, and never really marketing it to the world? So uh, interested to hear your thoughts on it. Thank you, fellas, uh, for uh, what you guys do. You guys are awesome. Peace out, Girl Scout. Peace out, Girl Scout. Peace out, Girl Scout. You want me Thanks, to say Grant, it? for that question. Yeah, you got to say it now, Corbett. Peace out, Girl Scout. Yeah. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's so good. Peace out, Girl Scout. Um, <laughs> thank you, Grant, for your question. Grant does have a great podcast. I'll put it in the show notes. It's called How Do You Get Into That? We have, how- indeed, all three been guests upon his podcast. We have. We I have not. Oh. Caleb was. Barrett. Get with the program. No, Grant's letting us down now. You know, come on, Grant. Send the email. Get this thing going. Uh, and, but I love this question. I love this question because... Um, this ties right just, into what we were just talking about, right? Yeah. You see what we did there? Uh, uh, so it, this, this is something that we've been, I've, been, I've been struggling with, like, personally. Mm. Because you write great stuff online. Let me, a lot of, I mean, I remember being a starting, uh, just, just started out as a blogger, um, and I would write great stuff, and, and, and it kind of assumed nobody would find it, right? All I was looking for was like maybe a tweet or a comment or two, just because like that's all you can expect at that point, right? Um, but now we're in a situation where we have, I'm writing, we're all writing for the, the Sparkline. This, it's a massive blog. We have a ton of traffic there every month. So we massive. Have this, this podcast where people are listening to our ideas and all these things. Um, and I, I, want, I want these things to go further. Now I'm in a situation where it's not about digging inside to find what's the truth that I'm dealing with right now. What's the struggle going into my vulnerability, my rawness. That's what I always used to do at Father Apprentice. And still so much of that's happening, right? Because like the, the, as I write this, the depression and anxiety post that I wrote, that was all just fear, darkness, uncertainty, vulnerability. That's my wheelhouse. I love that stuff. Um, because it feels like I'm discovering the truth and like I'm choosing to live by the truth in those situations. But there comes a point when you when you're like, this is a business and this isn't me. Like these people aren't signing up to hear me bleed all over the place. You know, go do that on Medium, Chase. Go write that on your ice to the brim site or something. This is like we need to we need to provide results for people. We need we want to give these people what they're looking for because they have to they have putting their ass on the line. They're being vulnerable. They're doing this stuff right. So there's this interesting balance between being a publisher and uh, an artist. I heard Paul F. Tompkins talk about um, the difference between like these two kinds of comedians: the the entertainer uh, or the artist. And he fancies himself like more of the artist, like willing to do things that aren't entertaining for the sake of whatever, whimsy, or how whatever makes the, the mm-hmm. artist tick. Experimentation um, or whatever. Yeah, all that stuff, pushing the boundaries. Um, so like, for instance, re- recently, I've been really trying to grow this podcast. It's been one of our goals, and, and it's been insanely difficult. Our stats just kind of just slowly slowly go and we're thought we're thinking uh, across all areas of our business like okay how do we how do we put more effort into this stuff to really see more results so i've been applying that to the podcast stuff and you know there's here's a couple tricks you could just throw people's names into your titles and description like uh what's a big podcast like uh smart passive income or or tim ferris james altucher or dave ramsey or all these other things itunes algorithm is not all that uh magical at this point so you just put those things there and you're going to show up next to those podcasts when people search um for them uh and that that can be that can be good Right. So I started doing that. I just felt sleazy in it. You know, I've changed the title to the podcast, The Fizzle Show. 
I do like this. The next part, conversations every entrepreneur should have. I like that because I feel like that's exactly mm. what this is. And then in parentheses, you know, similar to Tim Ferriss and James Altucher's show or whatever, right? Um, which is fine. And, and now if you look at podcasts, everybody knows, like a bunch of people are doing this, right? So how many internet marketing podcasts are out there right now? Every single one of them is like, you know, mentions like the, the guests that they have or something like that up there. It's not even that scandalous or sleazy of a thing. But just this mode that I'm in of promotion and promotion and promotion and promotion and it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough, it's not enough, just made me feel shitty. Mm-hmm. You know, like just because it was like sort of unbridled, untempered, and I, and it couldn't be satisfied. I don't think there would be a, an amount of of success from this stuff that that, that would satisfy that thing because it's just not my 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 motivator, I guess. Yeah. Well, and this is and this is the this is the perennial struggle, right? And and um, I I think that that idea of comparing the artist to the whatever I don't know entertainer is one way. The yeah. um, this idea of well, what if the time that you're now putting into marketing and looking for ways to game the system, what if we put that into the content? Would that make a bigger impact, right? Because that equal odds rule idea, you know, if you look at all of our podcast episodes, we've made seventy some of them now, and a few of them have stood out. Um, what if we, what if we podcasted more, or what if we, you know, there are other other avenues than trying to game the system, and you just don't know what's going to lead to the, the best results, I guess. Yeah. Um, and so I guess, you know, our our answer to this is that we're trying both, right? We're trying, we're doing some content yeah. and we're doing promotion at the same time. We're not in the all content camp or the all promo camp, but there are people out there who are, right? So we know we know of plenty of people who just make stuff and really don't get the word out about it at all. They just make stuff. In fact, we see this with a lot of times new bloggers, people in Fizzle that are... Um, afraid to share what they have because they think people are going to shoot it down or whatever. And so they just kind of do their thing and hope that somebody's going to notice them one day. Mm-hmm. And that strategy usually doesn't work very well, right? Mm-hmm. You have to at mm-hmm. least prime the pump a little bit. You have to get the word out that you have this thing. And um, otherwise, it's just you're doing it in a vacuum and nobody's yeah, ever going to find is, out this, about it. Yeah, this because is, this is the, the, the actual tension of that is like, I made this thing, it does, it's, it's good. I think our podcast is better than a lot of other podcasts out there. I think it's, it's more truthy. I think it's less like, you know, bullet points for promoting someone's book or blog post or something like that and more like the guts and the, and, and the trenches of doing this stuff for a living. I, I care about these people who are trying to do this stuff. I want them to find it. So I, now it's like, I, I, have the responsibility if I care for the audience, the people who are putting their ass on the line to build a thing, who are who are, who don't know that other people are out there like them, who aren't you know willing to do scandalous things or are or want to try to build a business authentically. Um, I have the response. I feel like part of me wants to have that responsibility now to go out and find those people and put this show in their hands. Mm-hmm. You know, so like that's the thing as well. Is like you can make a bunch of stuff uh, that can that could have been big. Or that could have been important, or that could have. What do we mean? That now we need to define like, what do we mean by big and important? What are our goals? What does success look like? What does that mean to you? You know, because that's scary stuff that can change a lot of the way of how you proceed. But let's say, because I mean, to me, the goal of, anyways, so let's just let's just put a bookmark in that, and maybe come back to it later. But um, this question of how much do you promote, Grant's great question about that, is a very uh, clean way of asking something that's very. Uh, it's very emotional for, or I guess, I don't know, it's gooey for me. It's gooey because I don't really know. Because in order for me to keep creating, I have to just keep creating, right? If I focus too much uh, or if I get lopsided on like getting the word out about this thing, then it becomes I'm, I'm a person who gets the word out about things instead of I'm a creator. Right. Just because I am schizophrenic that way. I'm either one or the other. And so I literally have to change hats. Like I can't make something while I'm trying to promote something else. I just, it, it it's a little bit of OCD. It's also just a weak mental deficiency, probably not yep. enough iron in the diet or something. I don't know, but uh, but that also it just it just erupts with these identity crisis stuff for me, uh, and I'm being a little bit hyperbolic. But yep, I don't I don't think for so, everyone though they have to be at odds like that. And I think yeah. that if we kind of back into how much should you promote, how much should you create, it's, it's probably a little simpler than we're making it. And on some level, the promotion follows the same equal odds rule that the actual content does. Uh, and the example I'll give is that back when I was running Living for Monday, 
I started submitting every one of my posts to Hacker News, and most of them just died and fell to the bottom of the list, and nobody ever paid attention to them. But a couple of them really took off, and I didn't even expect them to take off. Uh, but they really caught wind on Hacker News, and then they made it into Startup Digest, and then they got published on Lifehacker, and now all of a sudden I've got this viral post going on. Mm-hmm, and yeah. there was nothing different about what I did to promote those other than every time I wrote an article, I did the same things to promote them. And some of them took off and some of them didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think that's the the smart sort of middle ground. You know, because so there's the, the, there are the people who... Um, only create and really don't promote it all because they don't believe in it or because they're afraid to do it or whatever, religious reasons, who knows why. Um, there are the people on the other end of the spectrum who create very little and end up just promoting the hell out of it and to some degree reinventing the wheel with all the promotion that they do because they're out there pounding the pavement looking for new channels, new ways to get this thing out there, publishing it on 20 different sites and whatever. And we've seen that for some people that actually works fairly well for some people like James clear. Um, you know, he's out there writing stuff on his own blog. And then at least some of those, he publishes far and wide across the web. So he spends more time on promotion, I think than average. And he's doing quite well with that strategy, but he but, also spends more time creating than the average person. That's true. That's true. Yeah. He's very I mean, content he's prolific. Focused. Yeah. yeah. Very content focused, but even with James, I think the the secret is whatever amount of promotion you're going to do, you should probably come up with a system for it, so that yeah. you're not spinning your wheels, like racking your brain thinking about where can I put this today. You know who's right for this piece of content. Instead, it's just like the equal odds rule, like Barrett was saying for the promotion part. Okay, there are these like ten channels that are pretty good for this content. Let's put it out there um, and see how it does. And then, and then maybe there's a, a second piece to that. You know, do your regular promotion for every piece of content. You know, you, you put it on Twitter, you put it on Facebook, you send it over to Hacker News. Maybe you syndicate it on a couple of sites. Maybe you email one person that you think it would be right for, or whatever. You know, you do all these things. Yeah. Then you move on. You go back to content um, creation. But you know, every once in a while, one out of ten or one out of twenty or something is going to do above average. So maybe then. You have a second stage of promotion that you do for certain pieces of content. Okay, this did really well. Well, now let's turn that into a guide. Now let's turn it into a podcast episode as well because people seem to like it. Um, let's send it to ten people because it seems like it would be really good for them, you know. And and just wait and see which things take off based on the standard promo that you do and kind of move on to stage two. Yep, I think it's it, it's that's actually a really. Uh, in in just a few minutes, maybe uh, let's let's actually create a little bit of a list of all the things that people can do. We've already mentioned yeah, several like of them. Yeah. Um. So in a little bit, let's do that before we end. But um, I like that that mentality a lot. Like I've got a list, I've got a system of things that I do, and this is just a part of of making a thing. I make three things a week, and this is just the last part of making that thing. This is still this is a this promotion list is a part of that thing itself. And here's what you know, I love about that. It goes back to that talk about lottery tickets and that one little comment he made that we mentioned twice now about the promotion being or the marketing being yeah. part of the creation process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, yeah. It's part of buying the lottery ticket. It's part of buying the lottery ticket, and that's what's so interesting about this question. You know, it grants asking specifically like how much. Should I do? How much should I devote time to this and to that? You know, because like Derek Halpern is famous for having his eighty twenty rule, which is which is eighty uh, percent promotion, twenty percent creation. Uh, which is which I can totally understand. Well, think about it this way: I'm always I would much rather build a Mercedes than a turd cell. You know what I mean? Like a Mercedes than a value car. I'd much rather ha- like create a, the an amazing Audi station wagon than the you know the, the Ford something something, right? I would much the Ford rather something, something. yeah. The something the something's something. not a bad car actually. The something something will get you it there gets, some somehow. Yeah, it gets um it gets some kind of gas mileage, and um it's got some seats in it. It's also it has a seat belt which is good. Mm. You got to tra- only one, so you got to you got to make sure you're careful. You have to Rochambeau for who gets the seatbelt. There's a lot of Rochambeauing going on in the something something because that's not the only thing. There's only one of, you know. There's also only one pedal. You know and the you secret to, to Rochambeau, right? Wait, what's that? Well, you go first. <laughs>
After Punchable 47 alligators, <laughs> out of that one, 11 alligators. So, um, so the. Hold on, no, stay, really quick. Go ahead. While we're on the car topic, uh, the Jim Carrey episode of Saturday Night Live, when he does the Matthew McConaughey so Lincoln good. commercials. Yeah, oh, that's so good. Oh my God. <laughs> was incredible this but booger that i would much right i would here. much rather uh be the making something of real high quality selling less of them at a higher price you know that that kind of thing sounds sounds awesome to me and if you have this sort of system and, and if it gets effective you have to the truth is you have to write a bunch of crap you have to make a bunch of stuff and then do a bunch of trying to promote it before you can find which things work for you and your kind of topic and right. your kind of right, right, right. writing and all that stuff that's the thing so so the idea is I want an excuse to spend more time on the things that I make because if I know that I can get into more ear holes and mouth holes and eye holes and all those holes, you know, I want, and I want more holes than that just because I'm a human. But, uh, and I'm just a super, super, you know, sexually motivated man, mm-hmm. right? And I, I'm sort of a little bit of a woman as well, right? So I've got okay. a, a lot of. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think we all. I think we're all a little bit man, little bit woman. All right, um, alligator. I don't know. I don't know what I was getting at with that uh, woman thing. But um, but anyways, I like that idea of being able to being able to feel like I don't have to rush making this thing because it's just a thing I need to shit out. You know what I mean? Like like I could we could look at these podcasts as like okay we just need to we just need to keep going keep going keep going keep going keep going but if we if we start to get to a point where we have the convention con, conviction we're convinced that this is actually becoming more and more valuable that we're reaching more and more people that it's more and more important for our business and for ourselves creatively and professionally professionally uh we then I'm like okay let's do some fun stuff let's let's figure out like a a, a a couple things we can do that are much that are much more time intensive to get set up and to edit and to put all together, but that can pay dividends down because they're because they're all worth it because it's all worth it. It's all it's all valuable stuff. Yeah, that you, we're doing. I I think it's um, kind of a unicorn though. This idea that you can focus more on each piece of content and therefore make everyone far better. You know, because if you just yeah, look right. back on what we've done over the past whatever X years, it's like. Really, at the end of the day, you just have to show up and do the work. Because if you if you get yourself in this mode where everything has to be perfect, then eventually you're going to get stuck, and you're not well, going to show up. I guess it's less about that and more about like uh, less about making it perfect and more about like um, say you have an idea. Like we've had a lot of ideas for like things we want to do at Fizzle. Um, one of them is this is this newsletter idea where where instead of uh, uh, writing our own posts all the time, we curate a, more of a newsletter of like the best links that we found that week or that month in it for people who are self-employed right but we've talked about that and it's an idea and we don't know what the value of that idea is until we get it out there and not only do we have to get it out there but then we have to do it pretty well for a certain amount of time before we can say okay this is working or it isn't um or this is valuable enough to spend this much time on or this isn't or we can do it but let's keep it to this much time instead of that much time so there's these ideas that you can have and the question is, like, what are you going to indulge? Because every one of these things is going to feel unproductive before you realize you have results in them. So what you kind of have to do, uh, you're right, I think, in the unicorn that uh, if I get to spend more time on a thing, it will be better. Uh, but maybe there's something, There's for me at least, I feel like if I could have a whole month uh, away to write a course, it's going to be so much fun and such a, a good it's thing going and be, I, I, it's going to be so much fun and it's going to maybe be um objectively better if you look at you know the results people get from it or whatever yeah but it doesn't mean that it's going to be more popular and that it's going to have more influence then that's this exactly is the, it though that's the challenge yeah exactly it's the it's this idea that how many of us have written something in a flash because we had this idea it seemed really great we wrote it we put it out there and all of a sudden the thing took off even though it only took us 20 minutes to write. Um, and those experiences, you just you can't manufacture. They just happen, right? And I so, love that idea of quality versus popularity. You know, like, like that, that is, in a nutshell, that is what it, it looks like. Is Do you want to make something good or do you want to make something popular? Because oftentimes they are not the same. 
They just are not. But a lot of times they are as well. Because if I wanted to make a popular post, I'd put a number in the headline. I'd put some boobs in there. I did. I know what you know. I know all the sleazy things to do to get to popular. So it's this question that's, of. But that's false equivalency because plenty of times you write something that becomes popular that is also quality. It just happens that it didn't take as much effort to create. Yeah, yeah, and and, and so, but but and then as a creator that's doing this for a living, though, the challenge is. Okay, now that I'm getting these tricks about how to be popular or how to make things that are popular, that are clickable, that are shareable, how do you stay? How do you stay authentic? How do you? How do you? How do you stop listening? How do you turn that off? Well, and you're I, just like, okay, I'm going to make something that's me instead. Yeah, and I think that's. I think that depends on what your goal is because popularity can be a very empty metric, right? It's. I, I mean, think about high school. Popular kids are the worst. You know, it's like it's like it's demonized in every rom com in of, in the world that takes place in high school or college. You know, and like we and the amount of people we could get to our site is so much more. But the quality of those people, the the cap the the what they are looking to become and do, and what they're capable of, might go down quite a bit. Or what what our relevance, their relevancy to the things, the kind of people we want to talk to, could be extre- could go way down as well, right? So it's this weird balance of I think again this concept of of expectations and what do you what do you expect from this? So for me what I've had to do with our podcast is I've had to go I'm going to expect for this to grow slowly but surely over time when you know somebody shares it with a friend and then somebody else might share it with a friend and then maybe it gets picked up on this over here for a, a day we see some influ- impact there but like alt- just like every other podcast just like I've heard of every other podcast out there so instead of relying on these and I had this really great talk with Matt v- Giovanisi about this he has a great podcast called Listen Money Matters and um it's funny cuz Matt's a guy kind of guy that that knows how to how to how to twist all the knobs and levers and and hack the things as well and he, I was in the heat of this mode of like, how do I grow this thing? How do I grow this thing? What do I, what's it going to take? I'm willing to do this stuff. Let's, what, 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 I mean, how do we get this out? I know it's good. What we have is great. How do we get more people to find out about it? And I kind of came to him in that frenzy. And he shared like a couple things, but, uh, and then nothing, nothing magic, basically just putting the names and people's uh, uh, the other shows in your descriptions and stuff. And then his, his answer was just like, this is, we've tried everything. This is what, this is what works. Staying close to your audience, making stuff they love, being co- connected to them. People on his show, they tweet them things all the time that they read out on the show. Um, just like little little pieces of connection like that, little kind of unscalable pieces of connection. He's like, yeah, that's just that's that's how we've grown. That's everything for it, you know. And uh, it was so great to be reminded of that by Matt because that's then the card that I would always be the one playing, but. I get so caught up in like I don't want to let the I don't want to let you guys down and let this business down well, by being some dancing but at, artist. But somewhere. at the same time, you know, you can you can throw your hands up and be like, okay, all we can do is create the content because that's that's all there is to do. And you know, whether it takes off or not is out of our hands. But like we said, the marketing is part of buying the lottery ticket, and we've seen yeah. time and time again that we take specific actions within Fizzle. And they they end up having results, marketing actions. Like we decided to do a member referral contest, and we got mm-hmm. a record number of uh, new signups last month because of specific actions that we took. And those things exist for podcasting as well. It's just that we're fairly new to it, and we haven't studied it, and we don't exactly know what those things are. Um, and so I, I don't think you can you can wring your hands and, and just say, oh, you know. Yeah. all we can do is create. And that's what you're, you're always such a great reminder of of me in that for me in that capacity because that's exactly what i would do i would totally go throw my hands up and go well i am going to maybe just be a painter i'm going to just uh i am going to retreat into the holes of my heart you know and just whatever because i'm i i get petulant like that especially because i i can't i can't separate my guts from the things that I'm putting out there into the world. And that was what I want to do is put my guts out there and people like it. <laughs> That's what I really want. So people go like, yeah, you're not totally broken. <laughs> so, but, um, so this, what? this is fun to talk about, but at the end of the day, you know, you have to make a decision. How much time am I going to spend yeah. promoting stuff versus creating stuff? And it sounds like the answer that, or the answer that we go by basically is, um, creation is important, showing up every week, doing the thing, just putting it out there, regardless of if you feel like it's going to be... The the trouble that I see a lot of people getting into is they feel like 
I have to create something great. I have to write epic shit, so to speak. And if it's not epic, then I'm just not going to publish it. And that and that's wrong as well because you don't know if something's epic until you put it out in the world. And you yeah. just have to show up and just get in that mode of I'm going to show up, I'm going to publish, I'm going to show up and publish. And then at the same time, you need to promote because promotion is a part of it. And so this idea of creating a couple of stages of promotion, there's the basic promo that you do when um, as soon as you publish something, and that's part of the creation, just publishing something and then doing your regular formula for here's where I put stuff and we'll we'll share what we're doing in that regard in a second. And then I think this idea of doing a second stage of promo when you know something is good, because the other danger is if, let's say you do the 80% uh, promotion, 20% creation thing, the danger is you could be cramming your stuff down people's throats in all these different channels, you know, promoting and re-promoting and putting stuff everywhere. And you could be really promoting junk and turning people off just as much as you're trying to find new people. And so you have to be yeah. careful about that. So I, I, this idea of second stage promotion, which is once you know something's good because people have reacted to it positively, then you can turn on the gas and do all this other stuff and really push stuff a little bit harder than you normally would. Um, for yeah. example, like Scott Dinsmore did with his TEDx talk. Um, that thing yeah. took off early on. He did a great job with it. And then he's like, ah, like this thing's really good. I know it's good, so let's put this in everything that I do. It's in his sidebar. It's something that he tells you about as soon as you sign up for his newsletter. Um, and he's constant, it's in his email signature. It's the kind of thing that he wants everybody to know about because it is really good. And that's why yeah. it has a couple million views on YouTube. So, mm-hmm. so for us, um, just in terms of how we operate, uh, up until recently, we've kind of been a little lackadaisical on the prom- promotion front, right? We've kind of been like, all totally. right, let's show up and write the thing. Let's show up and record the podcast. But then, uh, maybe one of us remembers to put it on Facebook, and I guess it went out automatically on Twitter. So that's probably good enough. We'll see how it goes yeah. from there, right? Yeah. Um, but Barrett, you're you're working on something that's a little more structured, right? Indeed. Uh, so basically, we wanted to see. Well, number one, we always send an email, right? So I think that if you're not sending an email that highlights your post, you either need to do that immediately and send the whole post, or send a link at least to the article. Or you could do something like send a weekly update to your list. Um, So that's the first thing you should be doing to promote. But then what we said is, okay, after we publish something, what's the best way we can try and get this in front of new audiences in addition to the people that are already on our list? And the first thing we're doing is taking a couple of kind of pull quotes from each of our articles that we write and then posting those to Twitter over the course of three to five days. So not just tweeting about it today, but also over the rest of the week. Which is good because really that's the only thing we published this week and a given Twitter follower might not be on Twitter when we tweet about it. So we're doing that. We're doing the same thing on Facebook and Google Plus and we're using Buffer to help us out by make, to make that easier. Then we're going out to other sites uh, like Reddit, Hacker News, kind of link aggregator type sites and being courteous, following the rules, all that kind of stuff, but posting them to those forums so that the right people can find them and Different posts are going to resonate with different audiences, so you just have to be comfortable with that. And then we're also looking at doing things like, can we syndicate some posts? Can we send them out to LinkedIn's Pulse platform? And can we put them over on Medium? And uh, could we get hooked up with Huffington Post or whatever so that when we publish an article that would fit with those audiences, we also publish it there with the little link at the bottom that says this post was originally published at Fizzle. And so what we're essentially doing is we're saying these are the number of bets we want to place every time we post an article, and some of them will work out and some of them won't, but we can guarantee that we can do that amount of work every time. And how much work do you think that is? And and, how, and what are we doing to automate it or to make it easier? It's probably, let's say, two hours of work, maybe three. Um, we're using Buffer to automate the social media content but we're also tailoring that content to the platform. So like I'm not posting the same thing to Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Google+. I'm posting a tweet-length one to Twitter and then a Facebook-length post that's a little bit longer to Facebook, so we're tailoring it that way. Yep. Um, and then like with Medium, they have an import a post function, and that might affect its how, how fast or if it spreads at all across that platform. 
but it does make it easy to get your stuff up there if you want to. They, but you could also just paste in your HTMLs, right? You can also do that. Yeah. LinkedIn's um, a little bit more of a pain. You have to, I don't know, you can't paste HTML, so you got to yeah. do that. What's interesting is those, um, uh, another, a couple other things. Let's, let's like flesh out this list a little bit more with just ideas. Yeah. Cause what I love about, uh, what I love about this stuff, what I've always loved about advertising is how, how, like, how much fun or how much, how true, how good you can be while you do it. Like how, as often as it's, as it's, you know, just ruined and turned into debauchery and, and douchebaggerism, it can also be done really, really well, like creatively and, uh, and interesting the way that you, I don't know, uh, reaching out to each and each business is very different. Right, so your your post is also very different than maybe some of the other ones that you've written before or anything like that. So, but looking at this thing, figuring out what it really is, and then being creative about where this where this could really exist, where this could be online, you know, because every post is going to be a little bit different. I just realized I finally had this revelation that every single piece of meat you cook is going to be a little bit different. I do these big tri tip on the grill, <laughs> and and like this Good one call. had a had a big fat elbow and i was like oh my gosh that is completely different than most that i'll that i've seen because it's like it's a whole inch thicker and so that that part and then the thin bits on the outside they're going to cook completely differently so you have to treat the meat a lot differently and it's just it's just simple stuff it's just heat and moisture over time and you're just like oh okay i can get that now so you cater to that piece of content see what i did there mm-hmm. um <laughs> fat times fat side down first so then uh anyway so i like that as as like telling people listen what's working for a lot of people out there the shiny thing of people saying this is what i do well us saying like here's some things that we're doing we're idiots about this stuff this is the last last resort for us we're like we're mostly writers and podcasters and thinkers and and thought leaders in that capacity and not so much like the promotion experts and i i like that i'd like to keep it that way though i would like to be promoting more just like we're this list that we're creating here but like some things that that have worked uh for others i've seen before um, like one thing is you know honestly for the social media thing just creating a, a, an interesting pinterestable image you know for me that takes some time because i actually really enjoy it you'll find on some of our posts we have a great pinterest page if you haven't <laughs> so seen great it. Super proud of it, just because it's funny and it's interesting, and it's like the typography looks great and it's fun, good old pictures. Um, and I don't know, I don't, I just don't know if it, we. I heard from one person who had found us there and downloaded the guide and signed up for Fizzle. That's it. I don't know if anything, anything gets seen or liked or anything like that. But it's it's like a thing to you know you do that you make it maybe or you don't. So that's a place where I get to be a little bit creative. Um, another thing is I like Corbett. You mentioned earlier like emailing one person per post. Like looking at like you might have a relationship with with several bloggers and to be like, hey, this one on anxiety and depression, I would love for that to live on that site over there because I think that audience really works for this. Mm-hmm. So just build, putting that as a part as a thing in your list uh, could be an interesting way of doing it. Just even though it's uncomfortable to write that email and you're trying to figure out how to do it without sounding douchey, it's kind of a nice little di- uh, exercise. But but that idea, I guess, of you know, let's say you have your system. The idea for your system, each of the little legs of your system that you're going to tackle, you know, whether it's posting on Pinterest or getting the word out to journalists or whatever, you can try to strengthen each of those, you know, by let's say, um, you know, if part of it is getting your thing on Reddit, well, you can spend time on Reddit and try to improve your overall, you know, profile there. And, yeah, like uh, Hacker News, Hacker News, your karma or, your, or whatever, uh, you it'll know, make you more effective. Personality score or whatever, it, it's a really big deal. And if you're going to be posting on Twitter, if you're going to be posting on Twitter, then you may as well try to have more Twitter followers because it'll make you more effective. Yep. Yeah. The other thing I'll say, or two things real quick. The first one is related to the email strategy. If I were going to email someone every piece of content that I put out there, I would grab all of my social connections that I actually know and have an email address for. I'd put them in a spreadsheet and I'd in the second, third and fourth columns, I'd put Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn and follower numbers, uh, Facebook friend numbers and LinkedIn connection numbers, and then a total connection or reach number. And I'd filter my people by total reach. And I would select five people with adequate reach that I would send every article to. And that way, at least you know that you don't ask them to share it, 
But if it's good and if it resonates with them and if they share it, at least that carries some weight and it's worth the time investment. Mm-hmm. So that's just an idea. This should be your your new blog. It should be called Adequate Reach. It could either be... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, guys, I didn't want to tell you on the air, but I'm actually leaving next week. To start adequate reach, I have achieved adequate reach. Yes, yes. (laughs) Escape adequacy. (laughs) I have achieved escape adequacy. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Is there anything else you want to add, Corbett Barr? Uh, No, Chase Reeves, Barrett Brooks. I did have one other thing, and I can't remember it. So, there's that. Man, you're you're adequately reaching. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're just adequate today. Just being super adequate. Oh, I know the other point. Let's hear it. Just because somebody says that they use the 80-20 rule to do promotion slash content creation, it doesn't mean anything. They might create that term so that their content has more reach. And so just keep that in mind when you're reading articles (laughs) online about what to do with your content. So I think the answer is for me, have a system, do it every time you create content, and then get back to the work because you can't do a lot to influence whether something takes off or whether it just goes thud. And that is just the most important thing I think that I that I someone like me can can hear because when you're as I don't know as bro, just when you're broken and 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 you you want to make good stuff and you feel like you're capable of it but you're also terrified and you you actually don't believe that you have made good things before or or you're, you stuff like that it's just a nightmare to try to put stuff out there and for other people it can be so easy they they're so much smarter about getting big you know and I I envy that but at the same time uh, I am also proud of of being someone who. I guess has a I don't know, I don't know, a point of view or something like that. I, I don't know what it is, but uh, I have been Chase Warden Reeves. I have been Corbett Lee Barr. Oh man, I've been Barrett Allen Brooks. Yeah, all three middle names in the bag in the house. After possible fourth down an alligator, I am a So there you have it. Thanks, Grant, for your question. Listen. We absolutely love hearing from you guys. Uh, ask us a question. Send us an email to heyguys at fizzle.co and we will absolutely get that email and absolutely address it on the air if we can. So, uh, heyguys at fizzle.co or heyfers at fizzle.co would work as well. <laughs> Um, but do it. I'd love to hear from you. What are you struggling with right now? Just, hey, if you're at the computer, say, hey, you know what? I wish I knew uh, which of these logos was best, or I wish I had this, that, and the other, or uh, I wonder which way I should pick on this, that, thing, or the other, and there's all the things. All of my examples are the same. Whatever. It's a live show, kind of. So, uh, send us an email. Let me know what, you, what you're what you struggling with right now. I'd love to talk about it on the air. Um, fizzleshow.co slash 79 is where you can go to get a big old list of some great notes and links uh, from this conversation include this including this this whole section on uh, well first of all I did I made a lot of notes there so you can kind of run through the notes then this whole section on the several XOXO videos the, these talks these presentations I think you should watch if you get a chance because they're wonderful um, and then to sum, to bring it all together this killer video of that guy Josh Rubin uh, mega out of four, out of possible forty-seven alligators, I gave for fifty-one alligators. Because it's impossible, and I'm doing a very good time job right now. But it's so funny, I'm loving it. It's a little scandalous on the Snape side, but the Philip Seymour Hoffman impersonation is really incredible. You'll see. FizzleShow.co/slash/seventy-nine. Hey, if you like this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. You know. It means a ton to us because, well, it, it feels really great to hear you guys say great things, um, and it helps other people find the show. Here's a great inner. Uh, here's a here's a here's a review from someone in Canada called Bellacione. Can't say enough about these guys. They're genuine, very experienced, willing to share the real deal from behind the curtain. Not recycled content marketing pablum. I don't even know what pablum means, by the way. I hope it's. I hope that's what I think it means. I don't know. What's a pablum? Is that a part of my body? I feel like a pablum might be a part of my body. I'm not familiar with it. Anyway, Bella Cione keeps going. If you're an entrepreneur, ignore this podcast at your business's peril. Thank you so much for that review. It's real easy to write your own review. Go to iTunes. 
click on the store, click to search for The Fizzle Show. You'll see three white boys staring up at you. Click write a review and, uh, and let us have it. Hey, you know that whole, is this enough? Is this enough? Am I marketing enough? Did it get big enough? Is this, is it, could this be bigger? Could this be bigger? I guess that's, that's really it. Could this be bigger? That whole question, oh, is it big enough yet? Are we big enough yet? That drive, that incessant sort of need for growth or desire for it. You know, it's not, a, not necessarily a bad thing, but, but it, can lead, it can lead to just being so completely lopsided. And burnout. It can learn, lean to burnout, which I think is probably the deadliest thing, the deadliest uh, predator in our, in our little self-employment <laughs> jungle, <laughs> I guess. So stay close to your audience. Be valuable. Be honest. Be true. Be good. Uh, push yourself and get your stuff out there. Do it. Create your own system. But stay close to your audience. Find care. Take care. Serve hard. Dig in. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Fizzle Friday.